used by which men can go to the Father, and his name is Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. That would be a good amen, but you missed that one. They had mixed in black magic and voodoo and all kinds of all kinds of religion saying it was okay to to have this and Jesus. No, this Jesus. It's only Jesus. Only way you're gonna go to heaven is accept Jesus. Amen. Jesus said in John 10, I am the door. You want to go to heaven? Go through the door. It's Jesus. And no Muhammad, no other way. And he said, if you, he said, if you overcome all of these things, he said, I will give, talking to the, the people at Ephesus, I will give you fruit from the tree of life that's in the midst of paradise. And then he goes to the next one. He says, let's, go, let's look at Smyrna. And the church at Smyrna, and that's also in the same chapter. These are around the second and the third centuries church that he's speaking to. And this is a, a, a people that, uh, that worship the government. Oh, man. Polycarp was a bishop of the church at Smyrna and he got martyred because he would not say that Caesar was Lord. He would not refer to him as Lord. There is a popular... This creeps in. This creeps in. I saw this more, more uh, obvious as, as in the past few years when when we were we had the COVID virus going on, and um, and the government made uh, demands to the ch to the churches that they not meet. Churches are there are churches today that are closed because of the mandate that was issued by the government. And we find out later that they could have kept meeting it would have been okay. But they didn't. They uh, went with the government. The government was in charge of that. They worshipped what the government said. I shouldn't say too much about that because I could lose my audience. The sec next church is the church of Pergamos or Pergamum. And that's between three, 313 and 516. It's the doctor of Balaam and this is a doctrine that has um, that says it's okay to sin after you've been converted. There's one philosophy that I don't think is from the Lord. It says that you will sin a little bit more or less every day. I do not subscribe to that. Otherwise, the cross was kind of, as taint, that taints the gospel of the cross. He wants us to be free. Not in 
and not in uh, uh, trapped, not caught in sin. He wants us to be free from sin. He has died that he died and took the stripes for our healing. He took the beatings for us so that we would not have be in entrapped anymore in sin. We can walk free from sin. And the, the message that was taught there in that particular church, in that particular, the churches at the at Pergamum, was it's okay to sin a little bit more or less every day. It's okay, to, according to what he was telling, it's okay to commit fornication. It's all right. Also, they, they, uh, they taught in that same school there, that they taught that it was... a uh, uh, okay, it's like the Nicolaitans. He says, okay, to, 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 to uh, all kinds of ways to, to meet God. If the one that, if you're Jesus, if the word, the gospel of Jesus offends you and makes you upset, then you can go another rap, but you'll still get to heaven. Well, that's not really true because there's only one door. There's only one way to heaven. Uh, also, in this particular church group, there there was a group that was uh, that was controlled by the spirit of Jezebel, who stopped, who did everything she could to stop the prophets from prophesying. The Balaam factor is what I call it. To stop. The, ch- the church from operating. There's a spirit that does everything that it can to stop men, especially men, from being in the gospel. It's to trick them to, so that they don't get, they don't do what God's called them to do. It's the spirit of Jezebel. She tried her best to do other things uh, to stop the prophets and of old, did everything she could to stop the prophets. She would send prostitutes in to, to visit the prophets. All kinds of things that happen because of Jezebel. There's a spirit of Jezebel that runs in the church today. And we do the best we can to pray against that spirit. Because the power that lives inside of you and I is greater than that power that rules in the world and in the, that tries to rule in the church. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Are you hearing me? There was another group in that, in that same church that did what they could do to stop Israel. Now we're still doing that, or they're still doing that. They're still trying to stop Israel. Stop Israel at any cost. That same spirit of Balaam that was alive in those days are still alive today. It's never been dealt with. They've tried to deal with it, and they still got it. I've I appreciate so much every time I hear one of our politicians, regardless of which side of the aisle he sits on or she sits on, I appreciate them saying, we will stand with Israel no matter what. 
whether anybody likes it or not, they were chosen by the Lord. They were handpicked by God. The lineage of Israel, that lineage, come the son of, was, son of God was born to a virgin Mary. It was that, that group, that nation has been called blessed by the Lord. And we have to bless them. When I pray, and I didn't today, I forgot, but when I pray, every time when I see uh, where there's a, a, a Snapchat, a TikTok, a Facebook, or something on TV, or somebody just says the word Israel, I want to stop right then and pray for them and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. I'm sorry I missed it earlier. And the next church is the church of Thyatira. And my time's running real fast. I'll hurry. Uh, and they allow, also allowed Jezebel to lead. And they were, that, that church was actually in the more contemporary setting. It relates to uh, 590 to 1517. And they allowed Jezebel and Ahab to have a place of leadership and cause the servants of God to fail. See, it's like on and on. I mean, these, these people... And to the church at uh, Sardis is one. And uh, I'm going to skip over Philadelphia and go straight to Laodicea. And we're going to close with that. He says to the Laodicean church, let me find my glasses. Well, never mind. Oh, they're on. Never mind. I know where they are now. I see them. You love that, didn't you? And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the, the Amen, the faithful, true, and witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, and I know that you are neither hot nor cold, but I, would, I wish that you were hot or cold. So then, because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am, listen to this now, I am increased with goods, I have need of nothing, I'm blessed all the time, I'm hallelujah, and though it's, and you know that you're not, and you don't know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I'm going to stop right there just for a second. I'm not saying anything negative about a, a minister. I'm going to say this about me. I went through a, a period of time in early in the 80s. I just started taking a church. I just started pastoring a church in, in 1980, my first church. I got caught in the act of reading books about faith. It's a good it's a good a good problem. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. We understand that. I was preaching out of the books. I was preaching on hyper faith, speaking the word, calling things that are not as though they were, I was doing that. I was believed that if I prayed for a Cadillac, then God would give me a Cadillac. 
my buddy got him a new Riviera. And I'm talking about that's the slickest thing I ever rode in. That was a nice car. I mean, it was slick. It had Corinthian leather. And uh, at, after a year old, it still smelled like leather inside. I love leather smell. Beautiful gold Rivy. I started believing, though, even though I had a nice 78 model, this is an 80, so it's only two years old, just had a few miles on it. It's a nice Pontiac. It was white, red interior leather, and it was nice, but it wasn't a Cadillac. And I wanted a Cadillac so bad. I just said, Lord, I want a Cadillac. Every time I get down to pray, now look, we can heap things onto our own lust. Guilty. I said, Lord, I want me a Cadillac. I, I want a Cadillac. My buddy's got a Cadillac. My, my buddy's got a Riviera. My other buddy's got a Cadillac. I want a Cadillac. I'd go down to, I'd preach on Sunday morning at the little church that we pastored, about 50 people, 60 people. And I would get through, we'd go to lunch. My family would get in the little white car that we had, a little Pontiac, and we would drive down to the Skulls Cadillac in Hoover and lay hands on cow, walk through the parking lot. I'd call those Cadillacs in the minutes. I'd lay hands on those Cadillacs. I wanted me a Cadillac so bad. I, this is a, the message that's preached in the Laodicean church, that we can have whatever we want. We just have to say it, speak it a bunch of times over. I wanted me a Cadillac so bad, I dreamed Cadillac. Well, I got one. In 81, the only thing that came out in the Cadillacs was, uh, and the guys will know what I'm talking about, was a diesel engine. That thing would not pull the hat off your head. It was so weak. Big old car, little bitty engine. And then they had a V6 one. You had a choice. Diesel, V6, and that also was so weak. And you, I went down to the Cadillac place downtown and looking, and, and it was like, diesel, V6. Diesel, v, in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the service department. <laughs> they was all getting, always in the shop getting fixed. And the other choice was an 864. Now, if, if, you, if, if you wasn't around 80, in, in the 80s, you didn't know what that means. But there's a V8 engine, a big old V8 engine. It would take off and it had eight cylinders. And after a little while, it would drop two of them. And then in a little while, it would drop two more. You'd have a four-cylinder Cadillac engine and be running. Those things broke down between here and the stop sign. I mean, it was like so bad. But I wanted me one. I was praying over those things. Didn't know which one I wanted because they was all bad. And so I got a call one day from the Cadillac dealership down in Hoover. And they said, he's Reverend, I got you a Cadillac. And I said, whatever I'm doing, I'll, it'll wait. I'll come back. And, and I went down there and looked at it. It was a 79, 12,000 miles showroom. It was sitting in the showroom, new car showroom. It had a big V8 engine in it. Man, it was slick. You could not tell it was not a new car. I got that car. I heaped. I confessed and called it, named it, claimed it, framed it, blabbed it and grabbed it. I got all that. I got it home, paid the, dip, paid the down payment, got it home, drove it around. Man, I look so good. I look so great. I'd put on my three-piece nice light blue suit and ride around that pretty gray Cadillac. I look so good. I called this is, what I'm, this is what they're talking about here. We don't, don't want to heap things onto our own lust. Call out to God for mercy. <laughs> I needed mercy, but I was calling for Cadillac. 
I got that Cadillac and drove it to the house about three weeks after I drove it home. I had two good incomes. I was working for a company that built service stations. I was building uh, fast food service stations all over, making a, a really good salary from that. And the church was paying me. And I had a house for free because the church had a parsonage I lived. I didn't have to pay anything for the utilities or nothing. They paid for all that. Church was doing good. I lost that job with the building service stations. So my income got cut in over half. Do you know I had that Cadillac for about almost two years? I was late with every payment. It almost got repossessed twice. But I had me a Cadillac. I went to a minister's meeting downtown in, uh, down in uh, River Chase in Birmingham. I drove up in my Cadillac. I pulled right up at the door. There was a nice parking space open for my, me to park my Cadillac. I was my nice suit on. I had the total of 17 cents to my name when I pulled in. I borrowed the money to buy the gas to get there. I pulled it into the place. Boy, I looked good. I looked good. I looked better than all the rest of those people. I was so prideful. I wasn't worth 10 cents. But I had 17 cents in my pocket. So we all decided to go to lunch to the little buffet place. They have a, like a Golden Corral or something not far from there. Went to that Golden Corral. They, did, they used to take checks. They took a check. Check bounced. I wrote the check. It's called a faith check. Well, my, my faith got checked because it didn't, it didn't work. It bounced. That's what I'm saying is this. There's, I was blessed going in. I was blessed going out. I'd I, I claim that, that Bible verse in Deuteronomy. I just, I was over and over and over again. I did. I preached out of those guys, Jerry Savelle and those guys. I preached out of their books on Sunday morning. It's a wonder they didn't run me off. I'm rich and I'm increased with goods, but my check won't clear the bank. But other than that, everything's great. Did not know then that I was blind, poor, miserable, and naked. I counsel thee, I encourage you to buy of me gold that's been tried in the fire, that you may be clothed, and that the shame, that the shame of your nakedness do not appear. Anoint your eyes with eyesight that you may see. I, later on, I did see, I learned that I did not need to do that. Do you know I never, there was times since that time I needed a vehicle and I never went out to the dealership and laid hands on it and called it into the ministry. <laughs> I never did that anymore. <laughs> I kind of learned a little bit of that uh, the hard way. And then he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore and What's the next word? And this is the word that got me. The next word is the word repent. Now, what does the word repent mean? It means to change your mind. The word re is again. And the word pent is if you have a building that has a, a build, an apartment on the top of it, it's called a penthouse. And that's the penthouse is here 
in this tall building, the six foot two tall building, there's a penthouse right here, which is where it controls a lot of the stuff that goes on in the rest of my body. Repent means to change your mind. I changed my mind. I repented. I repented over and over and over again for my stupidity because I named it, claimed it, and heaped things onto my own lust. Then he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And this is back to our text. I, made it, I finally made the loop. And if any man, another word man there is man or women, it's, not a, it's a multi-gender, it's not one. Hear my voice and open the door. And ladies could have said amen right there. Open the door and I will come in and sup with him or her and they will meet. And to him that overcometh, I will grant him to sit with my father in my, with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and have sat down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. It's, I say this, right now, put aside all of the stuff that we, the nonsense that we see go on at church. All the nonsense that we see. And I don't mean here, I'm talking about at large church. I think we need to spend some time repenting for the foolishness and things that we do that's called church and call righteousness before God and ask the Lord to bring real righteousness into our life. Holiness into our hearts. Holiness into our lives. Holiness into our minds. Righteousness into our being. Amen. We need that. So we're going to pray today. And uh, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to forgive us of our sin and uh, cleanse us from all unrighteousness and the foolishness that we call. And when we change our mind... And when we go from here on Sunday morning, we go home and we go to our work and we go to our place. I shared a piece of this about a month ago with someone that I was talking to. It was another minister. It wasn't Pastor Jim. It was somebody else. I was sharing it with them. A car pulls up. It's a heavy set black lady she pulls up and she starts talking to me and I'm talking I mean I walked away from what I was doing there was other people there I walked away I was talk, talking to this little black car and she said something about that I have a cigarette I said no I, I never smoked and uh, I don't smoke and I, I'm probably not ever going to do that if I did it was second hand I walked into a room I said where people were smoking I, I just don't I don't smoke at all. Never have. And uh, so she said, well, you're a smart man. And all of a sudden, she just says something out of the blue. And I said, and the Lord wants to visit you in your dreams. He wants to visit you. Now, the reason I said that is this. There's things that we can say. And that's tr and it's a true saying. And that's what I heard. I, I only say what I hear. So I heard the Lord wants to visit her in her dream. Well, about a month or so later, 
maybe three weeks later, uh, the lady saw me in the parking lot and she says, she comes over, she says, I have been having dreams about the Lord. I said, well, good. What's he saying? She, it's not about the cigarettes. It was about some other things that she was doing. She wants me to, he wants me to quit that. And I said, then repent of your sin and ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin. Simple. It's easy as that. And so she didn't do it then. And she had business to take care of, phone ringing or something, and she left. I hadn't seen her again. When I see her again, I know which car it is. And when I see her again, I'm going to ask her, did you repent? Did you do that? Did you, did you ask Jesus to forgive you and, um, and clean your heart up? Because that's what he wants us to do outside the fellowship. And not to be, not to get weird. I pray for people, not all the time, but when the opportunity is in front of me, I minister to people that I, I feel like I should. I say, can I just pray for you? And I don't do anything. I don't do anything like, be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, come out, you foul demon. I don't, I don't do all that because it's, it just freaks them out, especially if they're not church. And so I try to do an unchurched approach to what God wants to get done. And I just ask them to, let me, can I just pray for you? The first time Jan met Lamar and Cherry Junkins in a divine appointment in Birmingham, they prayed for her, but they were at a cosmetic counter in a place called Pazitz, and they're all gone now. It's in Roebuck. And so Jan was working the cosmetic counter, and she's, she's real good at that because she's so pretty. But she, he said, can I just pray for you? He said, he said I'm just going to lay my finger on your hand like this. And he said, I'm going to pray for you. And he said, he began to pray. And he said, and I'm going to pray for you that the people, I hear the word Louise, and I hear the word Margaret that has hurt you in the church. They didn't even know that we were pastors at the time. That's how we got involved with the vineyard. It's because of that one time. He laid his finger, they laid their finger on Jan's hand over a cosmetic counter and possessed. And Jan come to me at home that night when we got, finally got back into the house and she said, I want you to meet a man that told me what was going on in my life. And these, those two people had been members of a church that just crucified her. And I threatened to throw one lady out of the church because of it. And uh, so anyway, that's, I'm saying God will use small things like that, and he'll use you as well. Not just to be coming in here. This is not service. This is worship. Out there is service. Amen. Father, I just thank you for the people today that heard the word. I thank you for the word. I thank you, Lord, because you're knocking at the door and we hear your voice and we are opening the door and let us let you in. We thank you, Lord, for being a gentleman and not going where you're not invited. So as a matter of fact, we invite you to come into our life and come into our church from the leadership to the fellowship, to the fellowship, we ask you, Lord, that you would come in and sup with us and hang out with us. Lord, revisit your vineyard again. 
Lord, revisit your leadership in the vineyard again. Not in just local, but just all over the vineyards, Lord. We ask you, Lord, for revival to break out, not just in this local church, but in the one of the, the others that are represented that have the name vineyard or have a picture of grapes on the, on the sign. We just ask, Lord, that you would fill your place again with your presence. Fill it again with your anointing. Lord, that you would, we repent of our sin. We repent of our wrongdoing and our, our uh, we repent of our uh, perception of what you want to do and what you want to do and you're going to show up. And oh, Lord, we just want you to come in and hang out with us in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would just visit, revisit our well again. Lord, that you would redig the well here in our hearts in Jesus' name. And we bless your holy name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Amen.